impact and fixed spec, this is Founders Anonymous, the podcast that helps you move your business up a gear. I'm your host, Chris Lees. And I'm David Trott. Welcome to the Founders Anonymous podcast. Brilliant. (laughs) Right, Chris, tell me what you do. I am a founder of a company uh, that deals with software in financial services. It's desperately boring, but you know, that's what what we do. We come up with, with software. What about you? I run Impact. We're a digital marketing agency. We specialize in retail and hospitality. I can talk about it for hours and also, similarly to you, try not to. Okay. (laughs) And so the purpose of this podcast is to try to help people understand or give some advice about businesses generally, how things are going right now. We're all in turbulent times. And between the two of us, we might be able to give some help to somebody. That's a low bar we're setting for ourselves right there. Yeah, I mean, that is quite a low bar. I think we're going to do more than that. I think we can be be more bold than that. Like it's one of the things I've found having run a business since, God, when did I start? 2011, 2012, can't remember. There's like, there's the bits that people talk about publicly, which is all the motivational quote, LinkedIn bullshit. And then there's reality running a business, right? And that's mm. that's the really hard bit, the daily grind, the slog, the, the stuff that, that you struggle with as a business owner, that nobody really talks about unless they want to sell you a course. Right. So this was your idea originally, not, I mean, the podcast, but also us getting together every week and just having this chat where we can just talk about the stuff that we're facing that week and have a a decent, honest conversation with another business owner and and help each other. And and the idea was we all kind of go through the same stuff. Like our businesses are fundamentally extremely different. But the reality is that we both have payroll and we both have you know, concerns about where the money's coming from and taxes and paying people and stuff like that. And the fact that we end up doing everything ourselves because that's just the way it is, a small company. And so, you know, a, a problem shared is a problem halved, as they say. Yeah. So that's it. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah. All right, so, that, so here's, a, here's a big win, something that happened in the last week uh, to me that actually opened, opened my eyes to something which I thought was, was really useful and I wanted to share. And it, it seems really, really obvious, but it's the idea of listening before you speak. I'll give you a little bit of background. So somebody contacted me through the website. They're looking for a demo of our software, mm-hmm. right? Classic. Yeah. Like lots of people who have software-based businesses, when somebody asks me for a demo, I am eager to show the software, right? And, and in fact, they are also primed, ready to receive a demo. And, and what went a little bit differently in this particular demo from all of the others, which I wanted to kind of focus on, is the fact that I deliberately held myself back from diving into the demo. I did not share my screen immediately and start running through things. What I actually did was I deliberately stopped and asked them, what is it you're actually looking to achieve? What are your pain points today? How do you do those things today? Why is it frustrating for you today? Have you looked at anything else and found that that isn't solving your problem? All of that sort of fact-finding stuff, which sounds just like utterly obvious, now I'm saying it out loud, but you know, it just doesn't occur to you when you're in the moment 
primed and ready to do a demo, yeah. right? And actually spending 10, 15 minutes, something like that, doing that fact finding before launching into the demo made an absolute world of difference because not only did it, it established a better rapport with the person who we were talking to, it also allowed us to demonstrate some authority, right? Mm. So when you when you meet a potential vendor for the very first time, what's going through your mind? Does this person know what they're talking about? Are they just in this for a quick buck? You know, can they actually really help me? And so spending all of that time, the first 10, 15 minutes, establishing authority, listening to them, understanding what their pain points are, did all of those things, laid the groundwork. And when we got to the demo, which by the way, now is shorter mm-hmm. than my normal demo is because it became more focused because now I understand what they actually want to talk about. The demo went even better than a normal demo does, even yep. though it took much less time because it was very focused. It was much higher level. I deliberately stopped myself going into the low level detail and just focused on echoing back all of the things that they told me right at the beginning. That isn't a manipulation tactic. It's just echoing back. You've told me you've got this problem. Here's how we solve it. That's the thing that's kind of like struck me this week. And I know it sounds really, really obvious when you say it out loud, but it's so easy to forget. And do you know what? I don't think it is obvious because I don't think most people do it. Unless you have a background in sales right? and you're used to those sales conversations, it, it's not a natural thing. Right. So... In a former life, when I was working in music retail and we were selling grand pianos and drum kits and all, all that sort of stuff, and they're kind of they're kind of like dickhead magnets, right? So you've got the general public flowing through and they will find a way to start fucking about with the instruments. Isn't that the entire point of why you're there? <laughs> it, well, yeah, it is. But it is also, you're also there to make sales. So it... It wasn't just like a brand awareness thing. We also had targets okay. to meet, so we needed to sell stuff on the day. So part of the challenge is in figuring out very quickly whether someone's a serious prospect or if they're just a time waster. And what you're talking about is exactly the same skill. Right. All you really do is ask questions and listen, which, you know, that, that kind of doesn't fit with our idea of a salesman does it like the used car salesman supposed to just broadcast right. always shout at you talk about the features talk about what you get for the money and ask for the sale like mm. that's what we all think sales is but it isn't sales is all about asking the right questions listening to the answer like genuinely actively and meaningfully listening to what the customer or the prospect is saying and then exactly as you've said it's not creepy at all but repeating it back to them mirroring it back to them Right, we're in a non-manipulative way, right? Absolutely, so What yeah. you just described there as the used car salesman, that's why a lot of people, myself included, are really turned off on the idea of you know, doing sales for our business. Yeah. Because like, I'm not that person. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be, you know, Dell boy. You know, I do want to help people. I don't want to manipulate them. I want to give them a good quality product at a fair price. And I think, you know, for me... The idea of doing sales through just asking questions, understanding their pain point, solving the pain point. And you know what? By asking the questions, if I realize that actually I can't solve their pain point, then that's awesome. Yeah. Product development for me, right? I'll take that idea and say, I've got a weakness in my product set. I can go and patch that weakness Yeah. and have more. It's about finding out who's the best fit. Is your product the best fit for this? customer and equally is this customer the best fit for your business if 
you are selling something that you believe in and that genuinely is the right product for the customer, then the whole sales process is enjoyable. Mm. It should be enjoyable for both parties. That's the sweet spot. And that's where you end up with a great customer relationship um, and they're happy and there's no sort of buyer's regret and you're happy because you know, you've know you done a good job of selling your product or service. Like that's the sweet spot. The, the sleazy salesman stuff is, yeah, I know you've only got a thousand pounds, but you really want this crappy old banger for five grand yeah. and I'm gonna limit every opportunity you have to say no and sort of strong arm you into signing this piece of paper. Like it's that, which is really unpleasant. But the mirroring thing, like that should be part of the fun, right? Right. So we used to we used to break once you get into the product demo, we used to break that down into three sections. Or, or each set, each point we would raise was in three parts, I should say. So everyone knows about feature benefit because a shit salesman will just go for features. This piano's got weighted keys. This piano's got great 128 sounds. This piano's got a nice cabinet, right? And you just list what, what it does, mm. which is like the, the product demo. The benefit stuff is why that person should care. Mm. It's got weighted keys, which means it feels like a piano. So you can learn on it and it feels the same as playing an acoustic piano. But everyone forgets the third part, which is the mirroring. So then you relate it back to something they've set. Yeah. So this piano's got weighted keys, which is brilliant because it feels like a real piano. Um, and that's important for you because as you've said, your daughter is learning piano. You don't have room in the house for a full acoustic, but you want something that will take her through the grades and you don't want to have to upgrade it in yeah. six months time. Right, but that's not sleazy, it's not sort of manipulative, it's just, I've listened to what you've said, I've understood what it is you want to achieve, and here's something that I think is, right. is like a good solution to it. And just tackling everything in those three, here's a thing, here's an explanation of why it's good, and here's why you personally, you, Mr. Customer, standing right in front of me, you should care. And that really helps, you know, make the buyer attracted to the person who's helping to helping them to buy, right? Because they are echoing back, in their own words, exactly what it is that they've said they they want, which demonstrates that they care about what they <laughs> what they want, right? What they want to buy. Yeah, and we all love feeling listened to. I'm in a membership site, and one of the owners phones you up within a couple of months of joining, and just asks you a load of questions like, "What do you do? What's your business? What are you struggling with? What do you want to get out of the membership?" And just asks a whole load of questions about me and my business and I answered all of them and after answering all of them he didn't give me any he didn't offer anything didn't upsell didn't cross sell none of that all he did was just repeat back to me what I'd said yeah so what I'm hearing you say is x y z and I knew what he was doing but I really fucking enjoyed it right. I felt all I felt like someone give me a little cuddle I was like yeah yeah that's great <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, I'll have more of that and all he'd done was just Listen repeat back, and repeat. Yeah, repeat back, yeah. and that was it. And that was the whole point of the call. Great. Yeah. I've stayed in that group for what two and a half years now. Yeah. Barely use any of their content, but you know. That's awesome. That's all we need to do. It's like an answer phone service. What we should do is have a bit of AI that just asks questions, <laughs> listens, and then repeats it back. Awesome. Take the person out of, out of the equation. Okay. Well, I think that's sound advice. Listening. Questions, listening, listening mirroring. It's all good stuff. <laughs> How has your week been, Siri? Uh, mixed, a mixed bag, I would say. Yeah, my body essentially told me to stop last week, Wednesday night. 
and my body just went nope and then so I took Thursday off just to recover which helped I think I'm at the stage now as we all are like none of the stuff we're doing at Impact is difficult like I'm not I'm not sort of out of my depth in terms of what we have to do it's just there's a lot of it and we're quite stretched resource wise mm. so I'm taking a lot of work on as the team are you know on reduced hours or on furlough I've been doing a lot more work which has taken its toll so I came to the conclusion last week that what I need to do because I'm feeling a bit burnt out is do more work okay so this sounds counterintuitive but I think the problem is when the pandemic started and when we started seeing agency spend reduce when clients started reducing spend with us and across the board and we started losing clients mm. um, i did whatever i could to trim the fat so mm. that sort of that headroom that spare capacity that you always sort of carry as an agency went we trimmed everything back to just what we needed in terms of like resources, just the number of hours you need to do to, to deliver a good good product and service. So we were sort of operating, it's almost like operating with the revs in the red, you know, constantly. So you're always at 7,000 RPM, well, no matter what gear you're in, it's always 7,000. So we had no sort of resilience if things slipped or if things changed or if, you know, there was a sick day or a project. <laughs> derailed for some reason and that was fine for the past year because it's kept us quite lean and it's meant that we've we've weathered the storm better than we otherwise would have done so yeah and I th what happened over the past couple of weeks we've had a couple of members of the team have certain things they had to go and deal with personally I had my my imposed day off on Thursday and a couple of projects have changed you know with, with little time which has involved a lot more work so the first thing I need to do is build some more capacity in to my week so if I'm around more that means the pressure is less okay on, on getting that work done that's step number one that's where I'm at I'm building a bit more capacity in uh, I'm going to bring some more hours back for the tea and just release some of that pressure and then the second step which is further down the line is figuring out how we how we manage that going forward like how we either build capacity generally in the team or reduce the pressure from the contracts we have right so step number one deal with burnout do more work that's my approach it does sound somewhat counterintuitive but so one of the things that I'm being taught in this course that I'm doing with Dent is any significant problem in your business is normally caused by an asset deficiency. And an asset deficiency is normally a lack of process. Mm. And actually, we should spend more of our time as, as the, you know, the founders of businesses building reusable assets because it's the reusable assets that will continue to pay dividends in the future. Hmm. Is there anything like that that you think that you might be able to do to help you accelerate? 
Yeah, there are. I just think every business could be better at that. Right. Just across the board. I think it would help. I mean, we are in the agency model of just trading time for money yeah. at the moment. And that's that's a big challenge. Yeah. But, but anybody in a in a time-based business, which is which is very, very common, right? You know, if you're an accountant, you're a time-based business. If you're a personal trainer, you're a, a time-based business. But as I see it kind of looking from the outside in is you want to take off your plate anything that is not directly related to the the value that you're creating yeah so you know basic administrative tasks like invoicing customers get it gone you know scheduling calls done even things like how you initially present the agency to other people the type of work that you might have done in the past you know all of that sort of stuff should be assets that are just handed out Mm. somebody else is is doing all of that for you right it's only when they actually want some serious high quality content by content i mean that you know the work product right that you should get involved right because that's that's the way that you maximize your yeah. time because you're the valuable thing inside of the business at this moment in time, along with your team, right? Mm. Anything that's, that is low value should just be outsourced. Yes. I suspect we will talk about outsourcing a lot over the coming weeks, mm. and it's still a big challenge. I am in the middle of outsourcing as we speak. I will oh. give you further updates. <laughs> That's a reason everybody to tune in to another <laughs> podcast coming up. Yes, um, there you go. Hit the subscribe button, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Hear about Chris's outsourcing journey. Okay. Cool. So do you, th- do you think that, is it sustainable? You're feeling burnt out so you work more. Is that sustainable, honestly? In the short term, yes. Like it's not, okay. it's not a long-term solution. What I'm not saying is my plan is to work 80-hour weeks from here on in because that's just going to lead to a different sort of burnout. Yeah. I, think, I just think the flavour of burnout I have at the moment is quite specific and there's quite an easy fix for it. So that is challenge number one. If we sit here in a month's time <laughs> and I'm going, oh my God, I'd still feel like shit, then yeah, it, it hasn't worked. But right now... Okay. It feels like a little bit of weight has been lifted off knowing that I can have more time to get things done and that intense pressure of you are against the clock all day, every day is, isn't there. Right. That's my plan. It okay. may be bullshit. We may be here in a month's time with me just dribbling into the microphone. I don't know. We'll find out. We're going to have fun finding out. I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> So, do you think that's a good place to wrap it up? I think that's a good place to wrap it up. All right. Wait. Well, yeah. Although there is a segment that I want to try. Go on then. Which is things that piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> this is all your idea. All right, go on. Yeah, what I thought was each, each week, <laughs> one of us, but probably mainly me, will bring something that has pissed me off in the past week. Okay. And all I want to do is just vent. And if you got feedback on it, great. Okay. <laughs> but you don't like you don't need to have an opinion on it if you don't have one. That's fine. You rant. Go on. I, rant away. I want to rant about something that has really irritated me this week, which is actually it's like a, this is like an evergreen gripe. I could talk about this any week. Okay. Um, so I'm dressing up as something that's that's quite recent, but it isn't like this. This is permanent. This is my constant state, which is. Successful people giving shit advice, which is then celebrated only because that person is successful, not because the advice is good. Okay. Okay. So, at this, on at one level, this is just about 
that usual bland, meaningless, superficial fortune cookie advice that is everywhere on social media that just honestly, it, it just makes me want to reach into my anus and pull my intestines out just to distract, just for something else to do. Thank you for that right. mental image. Okay. <laughs> um, so, and you see it like, I can guarantee at some point today, I'm going to see a post somewhere, probably on Twitter, that says something like, oh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And someone will have shared that thinking, this is really insightful. This is, oh, this is valuable advice. It's not. It's just, it's superficial crap and I hate it. Just because you've been successful doesn't mean that the, the advice you give is good or valuable, mm. right? It just doesn't follow. You are able to tell your story and things that made you successful and share your experiences, but you you have to understand that they will be wildly different to anyone else's experience. I can't replicate someone else's success. Mm. I could sit down with Bill Gates and he could tell me how, you know, how he managed to get Windows installed on PCs mm. in day one. That doesn't mean I'm gonna go and be the next Bill Gates if I just copy what he did. It, like, mm. it just doesn't work like that. So there is value in hearing those stories as long as you understand them in those context. I have seen somebody who created an incredible digital marketing business at a very young age who's done very well for himself. He posted something this week. It was something like growth happens when you start doing things you're unqualified to do. Like, I mean, that's a medical negligence suit waiting to happen, isn't it? <laughs> right. That's just unlike he's, he sat there and he's had that thought and he's gone, oh, that's brilliant. Everyone stop it. Like if we all, it's like the oxygen of publicity. If that stuff gets posted and we all decide, do you know what? I'm not going to comment on that. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to mute this person. Mm. So I'll never have to see this nonsense ever again. I think we would all be a lot happier because there is definitely a side to being a, a, an entrepreneur that is, you know, people are sharing this advice. That must mean it's valuable. So I must follow it. Mm. And if I follow this, then I will be successful too. Mm. I'd best start doing things that I'm unqualified to, recognise that I miss 100% of the shots I don't take. Like, what are you gonna do with that? Mm. Like, is that is that more important than product market fit? Is that more important than price promotion? Is that more important than market research? Is that more important than understanding your customer? Is that more important than figuring out whether anyone actually wants to buy your shit or not? Yeah. Because if you don't have that, doesn't matter how many shots you take, they're all gonna be shit, aren't they? Yeah. Right? So that's that's my rant. Stop stop giving oxygen to these people by commenting on it. Just stop it. Yeah, it's not good for any of us. It's, it's, so I agree. I agree completely. So the, one of the things that winds me up, which is very closely related to that, is people who on social media never add any original content whatsoever, <laughs> but all they do is like and retweet right yeah. other people's yeah, yeah. content like they have nothing to say themselves whatsoever if you're not contributing you're, you're just taking good rant enjoyed that awesome all right well uh, i think that's it for for today we're gonna do these weekly right we're gonna try yeah we're gonna try no that's that's a weak commitment isn't it yes we are we are gonna do it there is what did Yoda say? It was like, there is or there isn't, there is no try. Something like that. He probably said most of those words backwards, though. <laughs> yeah, probably. see, I, I sort of half understand that reference because I've never seen Star Wars. Oh, really? Mm. Wow. All right, well, your homework for next week. You've got to watch Star Wars. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap it up there. You're going to record a beautiful little jingle for this, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, David. Sure. Cheers, Chris. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Founders Anonymous is an Impact and Fixpec production.